dinosaur cult. Secret dinosaur cult. Secret dinosaur cult. Josie Hagen of Forrest and Jodie Mitchell are doll. Have daddy issues that they go to tackle her doll. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sweden. Hi. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Who's, who has listened before? Oh, thank fuck. Okay. That was so polite as well. Thank you for raising. You know, it's a podcast, but we'll tell them that many people raise their hands. Anyone that's listening, many, many people raise their hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to uh, this week's cult meeting. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Um, obviously, we've had to relocate to Sweden to throw our enemies off the scent mm -hmm. of the cult. Um, so welcome, Swedish brothers, sisters, siblings. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, now, we okay. know that a lot of you have left your, your loved ones at home telling them that you've gone to a meeting about dinosaurs to throw them off the scent. And uh, we will be giving you some information about dinosaurs later to take home with you so that you can tell them about that, just to keep, keep the lie alive. In case they're like, were you at a cult? You'd be like, no. Just <laughs> learning about dinosaurs, duh. Here's some information about a dinosaur, and then they'll never know. They'll never know. And of course, the first rule of secret dinosaur cult is... You do talk about secret dinosaur cult, <laughs> mainly on Twitter. Talk about it. Tell all your friends. But pretend it's about dinosaurs. Good. That's good. You're on board. For those of you who have never listened before. Strap in! We have locked the doors. Um, <laughs> and we are, we are in a completely culty room today. It's such actually. a culty room. This is perfect. It's We've never perfect. been in a more perfect room. And I mean, first order of business, Sophie, can we talk about what happened on the way here? I don't know if we can. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. This country seen. is so weird. Okay. What is happening? So we were on our way here. We walked through the park and there is a cult there. Lots of cults. People in cloaks. Cloaks with insignias cloaks. on the back. What the fuck is that? What lots was of that? Symbol, lots of dancing and chanting. There was chanting. Yeah. There was a lot of chanting. And, we um, sat there for 40 minutes, just slightly scared. Yeah. What is, what is wrong with this country? But the weirdest thing was, no one was commenting on it. Everyone thought it was normal, and no one was looking at it or filming it, and it did make, make yeah. me feel a bit like it was like the Swedish white get out. It was very, <laughs> it was very strange. Do, what is it? It's like a university thing? Rivalry. Oh. Among oh. students. A, so oh, they're sort of competing week. against each other. Thank God. I was like, it's a, it's a rivalry oh, between yeah. students. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> You've arrived now. <laughs> if you survive this week, you get an education. <laughs> but then it's free and really good. Welcome to Sweden. <laughs> oh, free. Oh, oh wow. So it much looked, dirt. There was just this group of five. Or they're five. And there were these red cloaks. And they were just walking around, staring at people. Standing still in the middle of a path, just staring. It was really scary. They were like, I feel like at the university, they're like Regina George's crew. But here, it's just creepy cult people. <laughs> it was incredible. It's amazing. I, I don't know. I don't. How are you apart from that? Are you okay apart from I'm, that? Uh, yeah, I am. I am. I, um, I have to admit, I've um, 
been concerned about coming here <laughs> after some of the comments that I've previously made over the course of my career yeah. about Sweden. But it's actually really nice being here. <laughs> 40 minutes from Copenhagen. <laughs> I feel so weird being here. My, my ex lives in Malmo. Malmo? Malmo? Malmo, thank you. Um, that's not comedy, it's just learning. <laughs> and uh, I was scared she would be here, but she's not. You don't know that. Have you checked? <laughs> it is like that, but if, if she was, that's a very Scandinavian experience. <laughs> just like seeing everyone you've ever slept with. Just You don't have the... to, I'm a lesbian, I don't have to be in Scandinavia for everyone I slept with to be at every event I attend. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> there they are. Every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for traveling to Sweden. <laughs> Actually, when we were doing uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I had my ex come to a show with her wife. And they were, they were both lovely. <laughs> they were so supportive. It was the nicest thing that happened all Fringe. That sounds so nice. I know. I should try it. I should try it. <laughs> I, should, I should try that good old love and sex thing. Oh, God. The yeah, it's not funny, is it? It's just sad. You're like, oh, <laughs> why isn't she trying it? <laughs> Lesbian community, rally, rally. <laughs> I did, I wrote, in my, I wrote in my book, like I made a joke about, oh, I wish lesbians would ask me out on dates. And then a lot of them did on Instagram and I felt really weird about it. And then I felt guilty <laughs> for asking for it. So I was like, oh, no, I'm actually emotionally broken and I can't really open up to anyone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the joke in the book. That should be the name of your next book. Sorry. Sorry I'm emotionally broken. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. I'm excited about this. You, Jodie acts as if they've never been on an airplane before. It was very nice. It was very cute. I felt like there's this movie I watched when I was a child where there was this uh, young girl. She had like big curls. And I think she was like, um, like an orphan. And she's like, had been abandoned in the street. Annie? No. No, I don't think so. What other movie like, about the dark... orphan with curly hair is there? Well, I don't know, remember her name. Okay, fine. It wasn't her. It was I'm more sorry, like continue. rough. I feel like Annie is like a cutesy, musical-y thing, right? So it was like a, like a British ruffian child that was like, I'm just hungry. Like yeah. that kind of. Okay. Then they, they took her in and it was all, she was like, oh, what is shampoo? Oh, how do you eat with a fork? And that's how it felt having you on the, <laughs> bringing you to Sweden. To be fair, it was like that. It was like that. It was like that a lot. I did get quite confused by a lot of it, but I got very excited as well. I mean, the plane goes in the air. (laughs) (sighs) Amazing. Speaking of uh, just being terrible at things. We should just stop doing segues. It's never good, is it? <laughs> should we do it like more of a cult meeting? Be like, first order of business. Repentance! Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Try to top that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Iguana, don't even get me started. Now, most cults offer forgiveness, and this cult is no different. Uh, Sophie... Mm-hmm. How have you been a terrible person? So I had a teacher called Tina when I was eight. 
nine. You know that age where kids look a bit creepy. And I really liked her, like a lot. So I would, um, I, I wanted to give her an apple. You know, like in the, in the movies, like in, in The Simpsons. Yeah. They give the teacher an apple. Shiny apple. But I wanted to add a little something, something. So I carved her name <laughs> into the apple the night before. So I thought it would be really cute. So I brought her this red apple with Tina carved into it, all like rutting and brown because it had been overnight. Put it on her desk. And then when she left school, not necessarily because of that, but also, don't know, maybe... I wrote her very long letters, like 16-page long letters, basically diary entries mm. that she felt compelled to answer. One of the... Oh, God. I wasn't going to say it because I just remember this now. Oh, God. <laughs> so then... Oh, God, I forgot about this. <clears throat> and this was back... So we had two, like, um, not ghetto blasters, but, like, tiny little music players and this back when we listened to tapes oh you wouldn't know about this once upon a time jody um god so you you know how cds look do you remember cd did you have cds yeah so what came before that was tapes mm -hmm. little square thingies right and then you you could like put your finger in and then rewind them so anyways it <laughs> some of you will remember um, I just discovered planes. So. <laughs> so what you could do is you could record onto mm. the tapes. And so you could like listen to the radio and then you could press play and record down at the same time and it would record from the radio. But also you could sometimes record your voice onto the tapes in this little tape recorder. So what I would do is I would play music from one recorder and then I would record it with the other And then I would play this, this Danish song called... Um, well, you know what? It might actually be based on a Swedish song. Uh, yeah, is that a thing? Um, it's very beautiful. It's basically, uh, if, if tears were made of gold, I would be a millionaire, right? Um, so I recorded that to Tina. And then every once in a while, I would like speak over it. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I am a millionaire. I'd be like, I miss you, Tina. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> Teach me more Danish. <laughs> It's gonna be blue. <laughs> I've forgotten that I did that. I did a long tape, which I also sent to her. So yeah, I was just going to mention the Apple thing, then everything else came back to me. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie, Sophie. A lot of that content was terrifying, <laughs> but I forgive you. Thank you. Tina, if you're listening. <laughs> I still miss you. <laughs> Come back to me. Now, Jody, how have you been a terrible person? Um, so in my closest group of friends, we have a tradition which is home-making presents for each other. So we don't buy each other presents. We make each other gifts. And we don't necessarily have to receive those gifts on the birthday We can receive them at any point during the year, but we do at some point have to receive this heartfelt gift. Um, my friend Emily made me a gorgeous quilt, um, you know, really useful, beautiful things. Uh, my friend Izzy made me a really fun board game 
very intricate, very difficult to make. And then I forgot about Izzy's birthday. And it was my turn to make a gift. And I'm several years behind on the gifts. I really haven't been pulling my weight. So I panicked. And the only resources that we had in our house um, were trash. (laughs) So I I went to the trash. And uh, Izzy really likes Diet Coke. So there were a lot of Diet Coke cans in the trash. And I decided in that moment that I would make her a crown out of the Diet Coke cans... Um, which I I had to cut very quickly, so they were jagged and dangerous. (laughs) And I made... It was around the time that Game of Thrones was drawing to an end, so I I arranged the front of the can so that it said um, cola right on the front of the crown, and then I wrote EC next to to it, so it looked a bit like Khaleesi, but cola EC... (laughs) And then I stuck some cotton wool to the bottom to try and protect her scalp from the dangerous, dangerous metal. And then I gave it to her as a birthday present. (laughs) And it was horrible. It was like as dangerous as the Iron Throne, but probably more dangerous because it had bin juice on it. I will never tell you when my birthday is. <laughs> Ever. Um, well, I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Feels good. Feels very good. Now, <laughs> second order of business is cleansing. It is time for the daddy hole ceremony. Mm. I guess I will begin the ceremonial daddy jingle. <clears throat> I've been left by you since you left my mom. Because you made up your mind, you're no longer a dad. Look at me now. Will I ever learn? I don't know how. Oh, wait, I didn't change this verse yet. There's a sadness within my soul. Just one look and I can't hear my dad ring. One more look and he forgot everything. Like my birthday, Daddy Mia. Here he goes again. My, my, how could he not love me? Daddy Mia, will he show again? My, my, if he ever missed me. No, cause he never missed me. Fine, since the day he parted. Why, why did my mother let you go, Daddy Mia? Now I really know. My, my, Daddy, Daddy, please don't go. There's more. (laughs) No, no, wait, wait more. I've been angry and sad about the things you didn't do. I can count all the times I fuck guys that look just like you. And when you go... When you slam the door, I think you know that you will be away for long. I hope you all like this song. <laughs> Just one look and I can't hear my dad ring. One more look and he forgot everything. Like how to spell my name? Daddy Mia. 
Here he goes again. My, my, the same this just keeps going. Daddy, daddy, please don't go. Thank you. For you, Sweden. Call it a tribute if you like. It was gorgeous. Did you like the verse? I forgot to change and it still made sense. Yes. Yes, I love that it was already just so... So perfect. <laughs> um, Jody, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? I arrived back from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the first thing I saw was my, my succulent plant, which was sitting on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gazed side at it. It was sort of the side of my bedroom, my bedside table. Oh. And uh, sorry, I should have been more specific. I just need to imagine it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, it was sitting there. It had grown, it had grown beautiful new leaves. It had done really well for itself, and um, was feeling really proud of it. And I felt really connected with it as well because during this month of pain, the plant had been at home growing. Mm. And then I realized I'd never given it a name, and I felt like it was right to do that. So I sat with it for a while, and I really thought about what the plant felt like you know what the the right name for it would be and then I settled on plant parenthood (laughs) which I felt was right (laughs) it's perfect thank you Plantity Hopkins has done quite well in my flat as well really good I also like your plant Plantonio Banderas Banderas, yeah he's doing well too so did it work did he come back no And Sophie, how have you filled your daddy hole this week? Well, I was out last night with you, Mm. and um, I really wanted dessert. And um, I found this pear on mousse, yeah, pear pear mousse, Mm. on the the menu. And it was, I think, 145 kroner, which is about 15 pounds. Mm. Uh, So then the waiter came over and I said, "Can can I have this, but... Before I order it, how big is it? Mm. And he said, oh, it's not that big. And I thought, oh, no. I want a really big one. So I said, can you make it big? He said, oh, I can ask, but I don't know if I can. Mm. And he came back and he said, they can't make it big. So I said, okay, I'll have it anyways. And it was really small. It but, was. Um, but I ate it. But I think... I did ask for what I wanted. Even though I didn't get it, I, I asked for a really big pear mousse. Yeah. And did it work? Did he come back? No. <laughs> That's that bit. That's that bit then. <clears throat> and now, of course, we reach the point in the meeting where we will introduce the dinosaur for you to learn about this week. It's time to introduce the dinosaur. Which dinosaur? The dinosaur. Now, today's dinosaur is a fantastic dinosaur. It is the Dreadnoughtus Scrani. And if you're wondering how that's spelt, <laughs> don't. <laughs> now, the main thing to know about it is that it's a very big dinosaur. It's huge. Um, it's actually the biggest supermassive dinosaur that they've ever found that's a technical term 
fantastic technical term, uh, that they can make an accurate body mass calculation from because the skeleton that they found of the Dreadnoughters is actually 70% complete, which is almost unheard of. You hardly ever find a dinosaur that is that complete for its fossil specimen. Never said that before, but I enjoyed it. Specimen. Anyway, very tired. So it was... uh, so that you can illustrate this for our for our cult members, it was 85 feet long, so very long. Its tail um, is shorter than its neck. Its neck is very long. Its tail is also very long. Um, it has a 30 foot tail. I know you want to get this yeah, but you, accurate, I, but you can't just say a tail. But this is the order we're but going. What kind in. of what kind of? Well, I'm getting there. What do you say? It was shorter or longer than its neck? The tail is shorter than its neck. Its neck is very long, but it's a quadruped, so it walks on all fours. It looks a lot like Pataka Titan did. Like the yep. long neck. Oh, yep. I got it, got it, got it. With a tiny head, um, but bigger. It has a six-foot-high femur, so very big legs. It's also got long What's legs. What's a femur? Um, it's a bone in your leg. Ah. Right? Good. Um, what else should we learn about it? That's a good question. Ah, yes. So it was around 77 million years ago in temperate forest in South America, right at the tip is where it was found. It weighed 65 tons, which is many tons. Um, And ah, its vertebra were one yard in length or more. So the vertebra of its spine, which I know you'll demonstrate by doing x-ray, um, were very big as well. But the important thing, um, yep, you've got the neck really, really good. The important thing is that its name means fears nothing because it was so big, it just didn't have to fear anything. I read a very interesting um, interview with a paleontologist where he talked about how it's important that we recognize the vegetarian dinosaur community for their strength. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> really enjoyed it. He was really into the concept of like, I don't think they care. Um, but that's great that you're really out there for the dinosaur community who are vegetarians. Um, but yes, they fear nothing. They walk around grazing on the vegetation, uh, destroying many large areas of forest on the way. Um, and so that is why the true topic for today is the environment. And so for the rest of the meeting, we will tell you what to think about the environment. Um, First, when you go home to your loved ones and you tell them that you're at a lecture about dinosaurs, (laughs) not a cult, Mm. um, they'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, draw it. And then you can just draw this. Um, That's exactly how it looks. Um, for For the cult members listening... So the transcript at home, you can of course go onto Instagram and see the the f- photograph yeah. of the dreadnoughtus dinosaur, dinosaur. It's beautiful. Thank you. I think so too. Now, Sophie, what do you think about the oh, environment? I have so many opinions mm. about the environment. Oh well, you know, highlight the main ones you want to pass on to the cult members. So I, and I can say this now because I've said it to like a climate. Uh, change sciences so I feel like I'm not being like a coward about it Um, my thing about okay 
I think a lot of people don't give a shit about the environment. Obviously, we know that they don't. But also, I think that, you know, right-minded people, you know, the people on the left, the people who are usually really good people, I think a lot of them don't really care. And by that, I don't mean that they don't want the world to exist for a long time. I think they emotionally are not invested because it is boring. It is boring. It's trees and nature and like, oh, for fuck's sake, right? Like plastic and put the plastic in the bin. Oh, oh Jesus. Like, it's boring to hear about. It's boring to, oh, I forgot my fabric bag for the grocery store. Oh, right? It's not fun. And I think in a way I'm a hero for admitting that. Because <laughs> a lot of you are all like, no, I care. You don't really care. But, but. My thing is, I don't think you have to care and feel for it to do the right thing. That's one of my things, is that I really couldn't give a fuck about... I hate having to think about doing plastic things. I, I recycle because of peer pressure, because people would judge me if I didn't. Do you see Greta in your dreams? Is she just there like, do you recycling? And you wake up like, I will, Greta. Is that how you feel? No. You did tell me to Google this. Oh, God. <laughs> We're in Sweden. She's from here. It was, it was named as one of the most uh, talked about topics at the Edinburgh Fringe. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just... How, what, how, what do you mean? It's not like I've seen her name and then ignored it. Mm. It's like that is the first time I heard her name. How, wh- it's not my fault it's not popped up on any of my social media timelines. <laughs> What's your argument? Read the news. Come on, mate. <laughs> I have yes. a hobby. I accept your, I accept your point. Why don't you tell people who, <laughs> who this I don't unknown. think I need to. I think even, even is, the is kid anyone, on the front no, row knows who Greta is. I... I sense it. Does anyone feel confident enough to admit that you don't know who Greta is? <laughs> all cowards. You're all cowards. Not a single one of you know. Socially okay, conscious. Okay, if you Swedish all know, uh, say it at the same time. One, two, three. Yeah, see? None of you. They've never heard of her. Well, Sophie, how do you learn about the environment? Do you mostly learn about it through social media? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what I know... I know it's a... Okay. The, I, I think you should do all the things. What annoys me, this all stems from when I worked in like charity organizations because uh, I would work like street fundraising and phone uh, fundraising. And it was, it, became, it was very cliquey. So it's like all of the sort of uh, UNICEF, uh, Danish Refugee Council, you know, everything to do with like children and humans. We were like one group. Then it was Amnesty. They were friends with everyone. So it was just like all the rights and stuff. Mm. And then there were like the animal welfare, like um, WSPA and Anima. They were like in one other group and they were just quite rude. And this is like not just, that's, and that's not reflecting on the animals. Mm. The animals are still great. But the people working for them were not great. And then the environment people, they were really cool and really nice, but it was just so boring. <laughs> so in my head, I'm still like, this like, oh, God, but they would talk so slowly. Well, like when you spoke to the animal ones, like, oh, that was when I became a vegan for a week. <laughs> because he was, oh, he was so hot. And he was like, you should be a vegan. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I should be a vegan. The, um, the hot man, did he have a beard? Um, <laughs> 
listen, this is 10, 11 years ago. So with that in mind, I will tell you, he had dreadlocks and he was oh, very no. white. But I was like, oh my God. A classic I work for an animal charity move. <laughs> yeah, the classic. look. Now, I'm not like, I'm not sh- like, of course we need to do something. Mm. But, you know, the world is ending soon and um, that's not good. But the discourse around it infuriates me because it's all about fucking straws. So you mean that you think that the emphasis is on the wrong points? Because I do agree with you there because you, it's yeah. a structural problem. Right. Yes. Can you t- tell me what you think? You still don't tell me who Greta is, but that's fine. I'll Google it later. Greta Thunberg but, is like a, a, she's what, like 15, 16. She's an amazing activist and she's basically like trying to educate the world about climate change. And she started this series of, um, uh, what well, I'm forgetting what the word mm-hmm. for it is, but where you just refuse to go somewhere. Strikes. Uh, school strikes across the world for children so it's all about like uh telling children that they need to change the future and then the children go and they tell the adults that they need to do something about it because they're ruining the future for the children and so there were school strikes all over the world that were all started by this one 15 year old kid oh that's pretty cool yeah and then she like traveled to the u.s to go and give speeches there and they were like, we'll fly you over. And she was like, I shit on your plane. Um, <laughs> shit on a plane. <laughs> I like this girl. And then she burned it as a source of renewable fuel. <laughs> um, no, she like, I think she took a boat over because it's more sustainable. So she's basically hardcore calling out governments for not making structural change. That's brilliant. Yeah. More people should talk about her. So <laughs> 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 people talking about her at the Edinburgh Fringe. That would be amazing. to be fair the main thing I've seen about Greta in London is like someone's done a big spray painting of her face on the side of the building in the coolest district everyone's like that's such a cool spray painting bro and it's like spray painting is really bad (laughs) for the environment but it's fine I think that the thing about putting the pressure on the what I hate about the, the discourse is that a lot of the people who preach it are very like like I have a, a friend of mine who's oh, I forget the name of her illness but it's she has these like um, like physical things that make her like she can't hold a glass if she holds a glass you know she'll f- spill it or throw it or something will happen mm-hmm. so she's um, she has to have straws mm-hmm. to drink and she was they told her that she couldn't have a straw because they were like they were like oh no you don't need one yeah it's like I, I need a I need a straw and they were just like no it's bad for the environment and that sort of thing which I know it's like that's I'm not going so fuck the environment that's burnt the world I'm just saying the discourse very much becomes the people who are attracted to being like a champion for this are so often people who are just like you you single-handedly are murdering all the dolphins because you're selfish and cruel and that actually the victims of that is not the dolphins it's you know p- people with disabilities people from a lower socioeconomical uh, class it's people who can't make those changes as easily as as easily as it would be for companies to stop dumping plastic into the ocean so you're saying that a lot of the um the sort of vitriol about the environment is aimed at consumers rather than big business. And you yeah. think that it would be and better it's actually it a projection. It's actually business. like a people wanting a cause, people wanting to feel like they're doing the right thing. But, you know, it's, that, it's so easy to 
point a finger at the person in front of you drinking from a straw mm-hmm. and then you can feel like I've done something good by pulling the straw out of your mouth and you can maybe think in your head I've saved a dolphin yeah, yeah, yeah. taking this out of your mouth yeah. but actually that's not the main problem straws are not the biggest problem the biggest but and there's not been nearly as much vitriol about companies mm-hmm. and I mean by I, of course I know that there's loads of people who do fight that fight but in the public eye what people are talking about on social media and stuff no one goes oh, hey, what about the, the actual people who are in charge of this, who are dumping all of this into the oceans? Or like, people are just focusing on... Yeah, or Trump, who's just removing environmental protection laws. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah. Who's Trump? No. <laughs> <laughs> Trump is this um, Most 10-year-old talk- kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my main kind of thing is... But... But, you know, to be fair, so I brought this up with uh, Matt Winning, who's a comedian and also a climate change researcher. Mm-hmm. And he's done some amazing shows about this. And I talked to him afterwards and I was like, like, what is the answer then? You know, because will it work if, if every single person in the world started recycling? Would that negate all of the stuff that all the companies are doing? And the like, would that work as much as like, what is the answer? Because I assume he knows more than me. I'm just guessing. I know nothing. Um, and we had like a quite a nice chat about how that's unfortunately sort of how it has to start mm. by us putting the pressure on and, and they won't stop giving us, they won't stop handing out plastic bags at the supermarket until we demand like as a people that they don't. And I think that's bullshit because then we just have to do a lot of work and it'll never be like the richest people doing all this work. It'll be people like, like activists who are already, you know, often from lesser privileged backgrounds. And it just makes me very tired to think about that we have to do, as people, as individuals, have to do so much work so that one man running a company can get his act together and just stop being a dickhead. So you think the burden should more be on like elected officials to make laws happen? Yeah. Make sure Thank you for, for, for translating it so that I sound less mad. <laughs> you're like, so what you're saying in a calm and, and effective manner is, and I'm like, yeah, fuck everyone. But like one of the things they said, there was some, um, one of those climate people were like, go to your local supermarket and then take all the food out of the packaging and then just take the food with you home so that the supermarket can deal with all the plastic. Mm. But like people working in the supermarket are not the highest paid people who necessarily all want to be there. It's like now they also have to deal with your... Like, they're not the people who are killing the dolphins either. They're not the people putting the chicken into the plastic. Right? Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I guess it's like the reality of what we have to do because elected officials aren't mm. doing anything. But do you mean... But then who's, who's hurting from that? It's people with disabilities who can't use straws. It's people working at a supermarket, mm-hmm. like an 11-hour shift and minimum wage, and then have to deal with plastic. No, I agree. It's like the difference between encouraging a supermarket to get rid of all of their non-biodegradable packaging versus just randomly removing... Oh, like the, the thing that... I don't know if this happened here, but in Britain, uh, a thing happened where suddenly you couldn't get pre-chopped vegetables anymore in bags because it used more plastic. And it's like, well, pretty much the only people that buy those are like the elderly and people with disabilities who can't chop. And it's not, it's like the focus is in the wrong places. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And then they will be the people buy. Then they will be at the grocery shop going, "Oh shit, are people looking at me when I buy this chopped vegetable? Are they going to think I'm just lazy? Are they going to think, mm. oh, now I hate the environment?" When actually, at the same time, this is not in as much social pressure, if any, on the. I keep saying just companies, but I mean, they're the that's the they're the ones putting it into the plastic I know. because of cost, because it's cheaper. That's it, right? Yeah, it's not that I necessarily hate. The animals, I don't give a shit about the oceans and whatever. Yeah, it's just more cost-efficient. Cost-efficient. Yeah. That's but will it be when we all drown? No. But we will. Like, every mm. single story on the news at the moment is just like, the world will end very soon. And people are like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. It's but. such an interesting double think, isn't it? People are like, we will, yeah. La, 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 la. So what do you so do? You can't be like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to recycle. So you're all good. Don't worry about it. You're still like, no, I'm recycling so that when the world ends, I'll be like, ha it wasn't me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'm recycling and I'm going to collect all of these um, plastic bottles together and I'm going to make a big raft and tie them What's together. For someone's birthday present. Yeah, for a special birthday present for the new world. Which, when it floods, I'll just climb onto the raft, I'll take all the queer people I know with me, and we'll make a trash island that we live on. And we'll go, ha ha, straight people, looks like God didn't like you in the end. Do you know a really bad thing I did to the environment? (laughs) That sounds so ominous. What the fuck was it? So I have, weirdly, I have a voiceover agent. I've not, never, I've never get any work because I have this accent. I can't do any other accents. I can't really do voiceover work. What work do you get through voiceover? I don't get any. That's the thing. So I audition <laughs> for it, and they're like, mm-hmm. it's "Just your own audio." Like, can you try and do a, something else? And I'm like, "No, this is it. This is all I do. <laughs> if you need someone with this exact voice and weird accent, I'm your guy." Mm-hmm. But then I was asked, I was booked to, and it was paid like almost nothing. But it was, I was like, well, I'm just starting out in the voiceover industry, so I better take whatever I can get. And when I showed up, it was for, um, I think it's called Trash Islands. And I think it's a, so basically, from what I understood, this is a charity. Because there's so much plastic in the oceans, there's enough plastic that, I want to say the word accumulatively, but I don't know if it's the right word or if it is indeed a word. Cumulatively. Is that a word? Mm. Oh, cool. I don't know if it was the right one, though. Anyways, there's so much plastic that it's big enough that it would constitute to be a new country. So what they want to do, they want to register the plastic in the oceans as a country, because if it is a country, then the UN, I think, have a responsibility to then clean it up. It's something like that. I'm not making this up. <laughs> it sounded amazing. So I had to do the voiceover for their like, trailer video. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, they didn't look happy <laughs> with how I did it. <laughs> but this is all I can do. And they were like, try doing it faster, slower, better. And I was like, mm, <laughs> this is it. So I felt like I really fucked it up for them. And also, it was a charity. Mm-hmm. So when um, my voiceover agent called me, I was like, can I just... I just, I just don't want to get, I'm just not going to get paid. So I donated my fee. But I don't think that is like a, I felt so guilty about fucking up the environment's trailer. 
that I, that I couldn't accept payment for Does it. it have a secret message in it when you play it backwards? Is it just you like, fuck vegans? <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum, burger, burger. <laughs> I was just, I was just like, I, there was so much pressure on it because it seemed like such a good, pro- and I felt so guilty for just everything I'd ever done that I was like, can I help you in any way? Can I be a member of your island? And it was so sweet, and it seemed like such a nice project because what they did was basically find a loophole in like the laws to try and make it like a legal thing, that a mandatory thing for the governments to help out. Mm. So the, I don't know how, where they are now. I don't know where they are now, if they survived. But I don't know what the charity is now, what they're doing. But it seemed like such a good thing. And I was like, that's the sort of stuff. You tried. Right? Instead of trying to start a campaign about how no one can drink from plastic straws, like, fuck off and start making it, put the pressure on the people who actually, who could do something. And they're not doing anything. And that's the whole, and that's the problem with, like, on a larger scale, it's the same with body positivity, where it's like, the problem is, Women hate their bodies. How do we fix it? By making women like their bodies. No. People are making their companies, institutions, making women hate their bodies. So maybe it's make them stop teaching them that. And yeah. the same with every other aspect. This is like putting the blame and the responsibility and the pressure on the individual instead of going for the perpetrators who are just getting away with it. Mm. And I read somewhere, someone's theory was, um, I forget who it was, I'm sorry for not crediting. Um, their theory is because the patriarchy and capitalism is facing this much pressure from people realizing it's a bad thing. They know that that is coming to an end. So they're like, fuck it, let's just burn the world down, have fun the last 10, 15 years we have. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> That's very on brand for them. <laughs> Terrifying. Anyways, what do you think about the environment? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, most of my... Most of the people that I'm close with are quite um, into environmentalism, and a lot of them did the Extinction Rebellion um, campaign stuff, um, which, I mean, there's lots we could say about that. But Could you start by saying what it is? Ah. <laughs> walk, walk us all through it. None of us have heard of this before either. Um, Extinction Rebellion was a series of protests which are ongoing in London, which were, well... The ones I experienced were in London, but they're also elsewhere, uh, which are sort of like radically campaigning against climate change. So it's people chaining themselves to areas and being like, this is a peaceful protest, but we have to force you to recognize that the world is going to end and you have to do something about it now. And the branding is very good. Some of the politics around it, slightly problematic, but I guess it's a good thing. It's doing good work. Um, So a lot of my friends are very involved in that, but they're also um, wealthy middle-class people who do things like washing their recycling in the dishwasher before they put it in the recycling area, which I recently witnessed, and it was was the most painfully ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, So uh, my feelings about the environment are very strong, and I often feel quite frustrated about it. Um, just in my general day-to-day. But also, in London, you can't do things like have food waste recycling because there's, there are too many people and there's too much trash. So, like, in my area, you can't recycle food waste. I don't know if you can. I, how would you know if you can or can't? Because the council tells you what you're allowed to recycle and what you're not, and sometimes there aren't enough resources. Was that resources. the brown bin? Yes. Yeah, we don't have that. Yeah, 
But you've seen... Do I've you, seen the brown bin. You just sense them with your recycling. So, <laughs> brown bin. <laughs> oh, a really annoying person lives in there. Um, I mean, we don't even have bins, like, in the street. This is the thing. Like, we have terrible problems where the, the oceans are, like, full of plastic. But in London, it's like the city is the bin. There are no actual bins. Listen, Swedes, in the train stations, they don't have bins. They don't have bins. It is the weirdest thing that you slowly begin to notice when you move there. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, where the fuck are your bins? Because the bins are where the enemies hide. <laughs> you, seriously, that's the thing. That's the thing. Tell that's them genuinely. Tell them that's why you don't have bins. Um, because of terrorism. Because of the, yeah, no bins. It is the weird. So we were, oh, on so the way weird. here, we needed bins. And then Jody was like, "Oh, like ran across the street because even just seeing a bin fills them with joy." Yep. It's, and like, then, it's like a plane, but smaller. And I'm I was so like, excited. And I was like, oh, I'll just wait for the next bin. Oh, here it is. It's it another was, bin. It was 10 seconds up the road. I just didn't even bother to look ahead. I just saw one. I wasted vital energy, which I will need for after the apocalypse. We have so many bins in the Scandinavia. I know. And That's I'm why jealous. it's such a clean, nice place. On my lesbian island, we will have bins. <laughs> even though the ground is made of trash. We will have bins. <laughs> My will will be done. <laughs> and so, on that note, <laughs> um, in conclusion... In conclusion, two well, things. I'm yep. sorry for not being able to really pronounce the word that we're discussing. The environment. Yeah. That's fine. I've had British children tease me with it. Well, you know, after the world ends, all accents will probably merge and will form like new dialects. So maybe your voiceover would be perfect. <laughs> I would be the only about... voiceover artist on the lesbian island. <laughs> <laughs> I have, whenever I visit my friend, she makes a like a, she makes a six-year-old child listen to me say the word. Like, tell us always to say it. She's like, "Will you say the word?" <laughs> environment, <laughs> environment, environment. I think you've done very well. Language won't be knows. necessary. Okay. Now, what shall we... <clears throat> I think we have given you all sufficient um, information on how you should all think about <laughs> the environment and how you will from now on pronounce it. <laughs> yes. Let us all save the environment. Yes. <laughs> Just now that's something I could care about. <laughs> <clears throat> Justine, um, add to the commandments that we must all save the environment, but not be cunts about it. Let our will be done. Let our will be done. And now we're drawing to the end of the meeting. Yeah. So I think it's time for the thing of the week, which we would like our cult members to support. The thing we're plugging this week has got that extra special thing that makes them unique. Like a triceratops which has teeth and horns and a beak. So we talked about this person earlier in the podcast. Um, it's Matt Winning's podcast that we would like to plug. It's called Operation Earth. It's got about seven episodes now. Yeah, I think there's seven episodes. I'm, I'm a guest on one of them. We had a long chat, and um, it's like what I've just been saying, but with an actual climate change expert responding. Uh, <laughs> Mark Watson did one. Josie Long has done one. It's Fern really Brady. Fern Brady was on. Eleanor Morton was on one. Mm. Um, uh, he's uh, he's really brilliant. He's a really really funny guy. He's done four stand up shows about climate change. Like it's his actual job, so he actually knows what he's talking about, and he's. It's just a brilliant thing. It's brilliant. Like, you really learn from it. And it's, it's not shamey. It's not... Yeah, I, Operation Earth yeah. on all of your listening. So we demand that you now, of course, as cult members, listen to that. You must. You must go forth and listen to it. 
Um, and now, to close the meeting, let us offer up a prayer so that the will of the cult will enter your subconscious and through you change the world to be more in keeping with our beliefs. Um, Daddy Hagen, mm -hmm. will you lead the prayer? Yes. I stand before you today as your daddy to lead you in prayer. Now, I would like for you to repeat after me. <clears throat> today we pray for the country of Sweden. Today we pray for the country of Sweden. Because they feel superior to the rest of Scandinavia. <laughs> Despite sounding like they do. Like they are trying to sing along to a song. <laughs> But they forgot the lyrics. <laughs> Their best export is the bridge, or bron. <laughs> And that was half Danish. <laughs> they eat weird fish that smell bad. <laughs> they chew skortebak, which is... Oh, look at us, we were neutral in the war. Vi är neutrala i krig. We invented feminism. We pray for Sweden to be less silly sounding. We will leave this place and pray for Sweden. We will give Secret Dinosaur Cult a five-star rating on iTunes. We will give Secret Dinosaur Cult a five-star rating on iTunes. We will tell at least two friends about it. We will tell at least two friends about it. We will become patrons on Patreon.com. We will become patrons at Patreon.com. Thank you, daddies. You're welcome, children. Thus ends the cult meeting. Thank you so much for coming. You have been listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult. You can follow us on Twitter at Secret Dino Cult. On Instagram and Facebook as Secret Dinosaur Cult. Sign up for our newsletter on secretdinosaurcult.com where you can also find tickets for our future cult meetings. And you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Secret Dinosaur Cult is a Dying Alone Limited production produced by Justine McNichol, Jingle by Harriet Brain, and artwork by Gavin Smart and Annalise Napa. Thank you for listening.